Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Doctor Homebrew. I got a whole bunch of beers to get through and a whole bunch of people to talk to. Our friend Colin is back. Colin, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, man. Thanks for uh, sending some beers. I appreciate it. We're, uh, we love drinking home brews, my friend. You know what I'm trying to say? I understand. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I might enjoy it myself. Yeah, something like that. I don't really know. Uh, with me, as always, of course, is Brian Shar and Brian Cooper, our BJCP certified master people guys. Welcome. Hello. Well, uh, we're, we're Grandmaster, by the way. Grandmaster, that's right. Thank Look, you. Don't take away our first our prefix here. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to uh, nag you. I'm just trying to just take you down a little bit uh, and then pretend I forgot. I'm getting closer to Grandmaster, too. I'm working on that. Uh, Brian and I have to have a little competition. I probably have to grade some more, though. Oh, no. You're, you're going to beat me to Grandmaster, too, because I just <laughs> don't see myself grading exams ever again. <laughs> I, I don't I don't mean to be like a and I probably shouldn't say that out loud and more than the BJCP is probably listening. Uh and that's like includes you, Brian, because you're listening. a regional rep. Uh but I, I don't know. If I have if I have some time sometime, I'll pick up some exams again. Yeah. It's I mean, a very, very time consuming process. Sure. It is for yeah, it's really not for busy people. If you're retired, I think it's great. I'm mm. hoping yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that, that's not ever going to happen to me. Or maybe ask me in 2040. <laughs> yeah. 2040, maybe I'll be grading somebody. Maybe I'll hit that Grandmaster 7 in 2040, and I'll do it in one year. <laughs> That'd be great, man. That would be excellent. I think, you know, what else are you going to do when you're half blind and can't move? You're going to grade Sleep. papers for free. <laughs> you know what I mean? For just I internet. can't read what this guy said. He, he gets 50%. Yeah, for just internet tokens. <laughs> Actually, know. by then, we'll just have the internet streaming into our brains, so I'll get that exam just shot into my head somehow. It won't matter that I can't see. I sure hope so. I really do. I hope we just we discard our fleshy husks and move into <laughs> Web 4.0 at that point. That also means your boss will be able to read directly into your brain while you're working. That's true. I don't true. really like that idea. Yeah, it'll be Back to the Future 2 where you get fired from a closet. Or in a closet. <laughs> like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> this really works. Uh, before we get to Colin's beer, though, I want to thank our show sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. Go to fivestarchemicals.com and learn about the best ways to clean and sanitize your home brewing equipment, your winemaking equipment, cider, mead, anything you're doing at home. Kombucha needs to be cleaned and sanitized first before you use it. And the best way to do that, the best people to provide the chemicals for you to do that are Five Star Chemicals. Go to fivestarchemicals.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for their free homebrew club program in one of the links in today's show description of the podcast or on the YouTube page to receive free product, exclusive discounts, monthly educational seminars, and free swag. Yeah, kombucha. I don't know. Have you ever seen a scoby? I mean, that, yeah. that doesn't look really sanitary to me. I've made little... kombucha before a couple yeah, times. I have too. The, the disc of symbiotic culture of yeast and bacteria, like or bacteria and yeast, like whatever. Something like that. Like, you don't have to be, I think as long as things are kind of clean, you might be okay. Yeah, I didn't worry about cleanliness so much, but it's sort of like so ingrained and, in, you know, when you have a, a vessel and you're going to ferment in or whatever, it's, you know, you just kind of yeah. like, 
I got to do it. It's one I of those things. That, yeah, yeah, the hell out of it. Yeah, but, uh, absolutely. Prop, did I need to? I don't know. I need, like, yeah, with those, it's like time is your enemy when it just gets too too long in the tooth. It starts going vinegary, and then you're like, oh, this is starting to go nasty. Here. Yeah, <laughs> but you might as well just with the fresh, clean, you know, nothing else in there, no pathogens, no other yeasts or anything to make it funkier than it is. Why right? take a chance? Yeah. yeah. All right. Colin, what did you send us today, dude? Uh, you got a Belgian blonde. A Belgian blonde. I just made one of these a couple months ago. Brian Cooper had literally, he's like, I waved the glass and underneath his nose because he was too important to, to hang out and have a beer. I gave this man, I put this, uh, um, I put a plate of homemade chocolates out for this man, a, a slice of cake that my wife made for this man. Uh, I'm going to, um, I'm going to go get COVID with the Doze meeting. Sorry, I can't. I, I can't stay. And uh, I appreciate. Left. I appreciate one bite of chocolate. Of left the chocolate. Didn't even take the chocolate with him. Un- unreal. But anyway, he tried my Belgian blonde, and it then it wasn't very good. It's a couple months old, and I beat the hell out of it. But I'm excited to drink yours because it's not a style that you really see. I mean, you get a lot of like blonde ales, but the Belgian. I don't know. There's something you can sort of almost maybe confuse it for. Is this contaminated? Because <laughs> it's that spicy sort of thing, man, right? Is this something you know of them there? Yeah, is this something you do a lot? Uh it's the third time I've tried it. Third time. Okay. Have we no. have we tried it before? You have not. Okay. Nope. All right. I'm excited about that then. I'm excited. Uh Cooper. Yeah, I think we'd remember this beer. Yeah, well, yeah, probably. Uh but you know everything runs yeah. together. Uh why don't you start us off, Coop? I sure will. Uh let me crack the bottle here. Oh wow, it's not nice... even open. A nice fill level, and uh, I always check that. Had a nice, a nice hiss upon opening, and uh, for judging, and we'll pour it straight down the glass here and see how fluffy that gets. It's pretty nice. Um, in the nose, I get a, a clean, grainy, sweet, um, kind of like a watercracker like maltiness with a little alcohol up front as well. It's smooth. Light peppery and spicy yeast phenols. Uh, and uh, the esters are lightly lemony, but a bit muted or maybe covered by the other elements. Uh, there's no DMS or diacetyl here. It's very clean, bright. There's no oxidation. It's just very fresh smelling. Um, color, it's a nice, I guess like you could say a deep yellowy light gold color uh, with a fluffy and dense white head that persists very well. Uh, the beer is brilliantly clear. Actually, it was amazingly clear. I was surprised you could read a newspaper through this. And uh, it was nice and bright, no haze whatsoever. Um, fantastic lacing with just this everlasting thick head of very fine bubbles, just a well-formed head on that uh, on that beer. When I judged it last night, I was just watching it as I drink it and the lacing would just of course now my glass is dirtier because i used it for judging some other stuff tonight and it's it's uh, probably affecting that a little bit but uh and it's also maybe a little colder than i had it last night because i let it sit out for a while getting into the flavor very smoothly and lightly malty with grainy and lightly sweet character getting those nice white pepper phenolics in there they're just bold enough to stand up to the multi sweet presentation as it dries off the tongue Lingering into the aftertaste a bit with that. Get a lightly clean Belgian ale fermentation character. Uh, 
with just eminently soft alcohol. Yeah. It, if there's a lot of alcohol in here, I don't know what the ABV is, but it's amazingly smooth. And you know, it's not like a super strong, strong, strong style, but it does have, you know, it's stronger than your average bear. Uh, you know, the, uh, uh, beer has a low bitterness to it. Um, you know, the hops aren't super prominent, but it does have a light spicy hop there in the background. I shouldn't forget to mention that. Uh, really nice, really nice flavor for the style. Uh, mouthfeel wise, medium high carbonation, uh, dries, drives things nicely, pushing up the clean and pleasant, uh, flavors and aromas that are here. The body is medium light, I, I would say, which is maybe just a bit low for the style or, or perhaps deceptively so, but um, it's just light and smooth. The alcohol warmth is just to the back of the mouth, not hot or burning down the throat at all. Um, it's, I guess you could say it's even a little creamy. It's such a soft beer. The presentation is just really smooth and easy to drink. Overall impression, I guess you could say, if, if you're going to give somebody a Belgian blonde, say, here, try this style you've never had before. This is a Belgian blonde ale. Like, hand them this beer. It, it, it's soft. It's very easily approachable. Uh, this Belgian blonde is amazingly smooth and quaffable. Seems just a touch light in body and, and perhaps on the lighter side for color as well here. It's, it's not quite gold, but pushing towards that. Uh, I wouldn't say it's going way off style here or instantly, you know. Oh, it's out. You know, we have got to knock it down 10 points here instantly. Uh, I forgive a little bit of that when uh, everything else is so right. So, I mean, you could, if you're going to enter this in a competition, perhaps try to increase the uh, body ever so slightly toward medium for an even better level of kind of assertiveness to the style. Um, still, it really holds its own. You could, you could possibly um, increase the, the fruity esters just a touch. There, you know, the the uh, the phenolics kind of win here. There's not a whole lot of that lemony, orangey mm. thing, but again, I don't, I don't know that it needs to be that much fruitier. The balance overall is is pretty nice, and um, I actually had to finish the whole bottle <laughs> when I ju- judged it last night. I, I planned to finish this whole bottle. My wife tonight. made me finish this entire bottle before I came to bed. I would love to have this recipe in the notes, and we'll talk with you about that uh, when we get there. But it's a fantastically well done. Belgian blonde ale. Now I, I scored it a 43, but we talked before the show about how he provided us with two bottles of it. Unlike the other entries, which kind of isn't some of the other guys fault, but it just as kind of a joke, we got, we got one cider we're going to do later. There's one big bottle. So I wouldn't have made the guy send two of those anyway. And the other guy that's going to be on the next show handed me a couple bottles at, at uh, homebrew con. So, and we we're supposed to just kind of taste those there. Brian, what so are you we, talking we, about? <laughs> My joke is that we were just going to instantly add five points, which would oh, okay, bring to a he sent two bottles. But then Got I, it. I'm okay. just, I'm, that's, I'm, I'm not, re- not really going to do I that, think your but. joke was a donut because like the middle was missing. And I think you went right uh, to the punchline. Uh, uh, uh. Yes, I, like, I, I do that a lot. Going on. I over, over explain things and then I never yeah. remember to get to the punchline. Hey man, but that's all right. I the get punchline, it. Yeah. The punchline is this is a really good beer at 43. Yeah, Brian, I'm yeah. the joke explainer here, okay? <laughs> you see, because I tend to explain my jokes. Exactly. You didn't give me a chance to follow up with that, Jerry. Yeah, well, look, I'm too fast, man. Uh, all right, Char, let her rip, dude. All right. Yeah, uh, Colin, I really enjoyed this beer. Um, you know, you've been on the show before, but for listeners who may not have heard those episodes, are you in a homebrew club? 
Well, COVID killed my club, unfortunately. So, I literally, they're, they're all the they're all dead. <laughs> yeah, the club is dead. Yeah. Not the members, but the club. Yeah, they call. Oh, yeah, you, you might have to uh, explain that one. Speaking of joke, explain <laughs> it. That would be a great name for a one-person club, though. COVID, COVID killed my club. club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> membership one. Yeah, mm. but I won in Kasi, so that's good. <laughs> cool. So you're you're ruined great by yourself, Sands Club. So. Thank you for, for sending this beer to us. Uh, the uh, bottle inspection, uh, it was a bottle. It's appropriately filled. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Uh, aroma, uh, the aroma began with a medium level of sort of Pilsner malt and uh, Belgian malt. Uh, there's a characteristic Belgian fermentation aroma, to me anyway, that uh, gives off some, uh, some phenol, kind of some spicy phenol, and also some fruity esters. And it's I always just kind of characterize that as Belgian fermentation smell. Uh, Belgian fermentation aroma. Smell sounds like it's not very good. Yeah. Uh, so you don't want to talk about it smells. Re- it smells. Uh, that's not always not always a good thing. Or you could go to where uh, the cider people do and say, talk about the bouquet. Ooh, the bouquet. We're not that fancy either. So we're kind of somewhere in the middle. Uh, I got sort of a very low earthy hop aroma, but the hop aroma to me was kind of, and definitely in the background. Uh, it's complex and interesting. I gave it 10 out of 12 for an aroma. Uh, appearance, 3 out of 3, exceptionally clear. It's very light in color, uh, like a pale straw to me. It's you know hard to tell here if you're one of the four people on Facebook watching this live. I'm holding it up to my, my camera. Uh, the head is large and persistent, so well done. Uh, initially, the flavor is malty. You get that that pilsner malt character uh with bitterness coming up to balance mid-palate the uh, fermentation products uh of the yeast that phenol and that ester uh, also come up in mid-palate you know the brian was talking about the alcohol it's definitely present and not even not in terms of warming Mm. but just in terms of there's something there's a characteristic of this beer that says there's alcohol there but it's not really tasteable so that's really a good uh, that that's really a good trick to be able to make this. This is this falls in that category of strong Belgian beers. So this is probably a, a fairly high alcohol beer. There's alcohol there, but it's not harsh. There's nothing fusily. It's it's very smooth. Uh, this is very well attenuated beer. Uh, the finish is long and balanced toward bitter. And you know what's interesting is when I I I judged this about an hour and a half ago. I left the bottle and this this sample out since then. Uh, I perceive it as being more bitter than I perceive it as being now, which is really kind of weird. Hmm. I'm having a sip there again. I judged it pretty warm last night, and it 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 did it did have the impression of low bitterness. As I'm judging it a little colder now, I am getting a little more bitterness to it. So that might be a real yeah. real thing there. Yeah, that's interesting because bitterness is not usually a thing that varies with temperature, but it may be the other other flavor components have varied with temperature enough to give a higher perceived bitterness or the carbonation with the carbonation in the, in the beer more, it's uh, accenting that a little bit more as a bite. You know, that's, that's, you know, that's exactly what that is, Brian. That's a good, that's a good call because like I said, this is set out for an hour and a half. So it's lost a lot of its carbonation. Mm-hmm. So it's, they don't have, there's not that carbonic <clears throat> bite that's sort of acting in parallel with the hot bitterness and also lifting that hot bitterness sort of onto the tongue. 
And I just have to say, it, it's amazing how much carbonation Colin got into this bottle. It's it just, really is. Yeah, it's very fluffy, yeah, just just really effervescent. Yeah, I, I expect like I would have grabbed this off a shelf in Brussels somewhere or something. Uh, I mean, this is this is Belgian carbonation, which you know, I bottling you know packaging is never my strong suit. So I have a lot of respect for people that have the ability to actually get the carbonation right, whether it's in a bottle or whether it's in a keg. Uh, and the carbonation on this is is right. I mean, it came out of that bottle exactly where it was supposed to be. Uh, so flavor, I gave it a 16 out of 20. Mouthfeel, 5 out of 5. Medium body, high carbonation. There's definite warming. Uh, it's more perky than creamy, which is expected. It's high carbonation beer. Uh, overall impression, I gave it a nine for a total of 43. Uh, before the show, when we were, I texted Cooper because Cooper had judged this before me. And a lot of the time we'll kind of text each other beforehand after we've both judged just to kind of see where we are. And I texted him 43 and I'm thinking, oh man, he's going to not be this high. I'm going <laughs> to be way off. And he said, that's exactly what I gave it. So we were dialed in on calibration right out of the gate on this show. So that, that, that was really good. good. We are that we're, good, Brian. We're just that good. That We're board-certified doctors of homebrew here. That's right. You know, the certified uh, spe- specialization in you know, Belgians or something. So, uh, well, of when course, we're going to get it right. Yeah. When you're scoring it that high, sometimes you're like you're judging with someone else. You're like almost afraid somebody's going to score something in the uh, low 30s. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, when you both hit that, maybe that is cause for just instantly adding another point. I mean, why mm-hmm. not? Exactly. Is it, is it a 34? Why wow, I could talk mm. you into that. I bet I could. I flipped that around and give it a 43. <laughs> so uh, I really like this beer. Uh, there's no obvious off flavors. It's clean. It's well attenuated. It's well. It's highly carbonated. It's tasty. Uh, I, I had commented the only thing I might change is I might back off on the bitterness just a little bit next time. And the reason I say that is look at the style guidelines and they indicate that this style should be a little less bitter than a triple or a Belgian golden strong. And a tri- a triples are fairly highly hopped beers. I mean, they're not, uh, they're not an IPA, but they're fairly bitter beers. And, you know, people, most people aren't going to pour this uh, and then let it sit, walk away for an hour and a half and then come back to it. They're going to, you know, pull this out of the fridge, uncap it, crush the hell out of it, drink it, crush the hell out of it. So, I think maybe just a little bit you know, back off, just a little bit on the bittering hops might be a good idea, but that's the only thing I could think of that would make it even even better. So very, very well done, Colin. Thank you for sharing. Before we get into the recipe, yeah, I, I agree with a lot of the things. What nobody has said is there's a, I'm trying to figure out what it's from, but there's a, a, a really strong toothpaste thing. And I can't tell if it's from the beer because I've just brushed my teeth. Um, so I'm going to mark you down as a 13 and I just can't <laughs> oh, um, no, honestly fighting through that. Um, yeah. You yeah, know, you actually I, had me go back, going back and tasting. Yeah. Like, is there a toothpaste in here? Yeah. Man, and then I, oh, you're making a joke. Okay. Yeah, that's what I do. Um, mm. I, I sort of want to blend the com the, the comments between Cooper and Char and say like, it might be a little too bitter. Um, but I think you can come up with the body a little bit and then not drop the hops at all. And everything would be fine. Um, the, you know, the only, the, the beer that got me liking this style a lot was the, the Westy six, the green top, the table beer. Um, and that is a very hoppy, um, almost aggressively hoppy, not bitter, but hoppy beverage. 
It is in your face, and there's no bones about it. it I was very, very taken aback because it was very different than anything else that I've ever had, it, that calling itself a blonde ale. So, you know, compared to that, I don't know if it's too bitter, but I, I do agree there should there could be some something mid-palate to just sort of lift it because it, I don't want to call it watery, but it's not as malty as I would want it, even though it is a blonde ale. That being said, um, mm. let's go through your recipe. What you got? Okay. Um, so for malt bill, um, it is eight pounds or 94% uh, vitamin four malted bohemian pilsner. Um, and then half a pound or 6% flaked wheat. And then a pound and a half or 18% sh- just table sugar. So that's, uh, that's the malt bill. Pretty simple table there. Sugar. Um, why, why table sugar? Why not just uh, all malt? Classic, uh, just I've found, I don't know if it's with the yeast or what dries it out. I found with, with, especially with those simple malt bills, just plain sugar and Belgian beer does wonders. Okay. Yeah. Boost the alcohol without boosting body. Well, yeah, but it's such a low, it's a low ABV beer. So I don't, I wouldn't think you need that. I, I guess my thought was if you, if you, uh, what's the ABV on this Colin? Seven, two, seven, two. That's too high. Yep. <laughs> That's too high. And That's no, this is, this is not necessarily a low gravity beer. It goes up to seven and a half, six it does? to seven and a half. Yeah, it's in the it's in category twenty five, which is strong Belgian ale. Belgian blonde ale is a strong Belgian ale. Yeah, huh? yes, it's uh, get the fuck out uh, of ABV here. six to seven point five. Okay, well, Belgian here, golden strong is. Uh, it doesn't taste like it. So there you that's go. Very true. But also, very... fuck off. This yeah. should be this should be four and a half to five percent. Anyway. I'll talk, I'll talk yeah, to Gordon. I, yeah, Sorry. I, I'm sure it's, you can take this to Brussels and they'll get uh, right on that. My God. Okay. All right. Well, I take back some of what I said, but also not really. <laughs> Enough more body. I, I don't know. I, I would I would take the, the, the sugar out personally and just use malt because I think you need you need some more of that body. Mm-hmm. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. You, You're good. I interrupted um, for the yeast, it was the White Labs Belgian Strong, which I can't remember the specific number on that one, um, but did a lower, little bit lower pitch rate, so uh, 0.61 million cells per milliliter per Plato, so a little bit under pitch, but not, not anything dramatic. Um, pitched at 65, and then basically held that till Krautsen, and then let it rip at 70, and didn't get any higher than that through all the fermentation. I wanted to keep those relatively muted, not get too crazy. Now we know where all those phenolics are coming from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, then for the hops, it was 160-minute edition of Styrian Goldings. Um, so it was uh, like 10.28. So three and, a, three, three and a half ounces basically at 60 minutes. So that's a pretty low alpha hop. So IBUs was uh, 30 IBU. Okay. That's that's within the range for this beer. So I my comment about the, uh, the hop bitterness – I think it's actually right at the top end, which is 15 to 30 IBU. Uh, so, I mean, maybe you could be- still back off just a little, but I think it's the carbonation that's giving the sense, because it's a highly carbonated beer, as it should be. Uh, and yeah. that carbonation is giving a sense of bitterness uh, sort of in parallel with the hops. He's at the, well, uh, yeah, also at the high end for for alcohol. So, yeah, I mean, as, as you go up on some elements to get the balance right, you need to go up on some of the other elements too and play with that. But if he listens to everything we all said, he's going to dial it back to four and a half percent to make JP happy. Uh, take out uh, all the sugar. Uh, yeah, 
Make Add them all happy, Colin. Be the one push, person in the world to make me happy. Push up the malt and pull back the bitterness at the same time. It, it's going to be weird and, and awful. Don't do that. Don't listen to us. Well, the the kicker, I agree. It's actually both of your comments of it being a little bit too bitter, a little too thin. I'm 100%. That's, that's what I would agree with as well. Um, so I recently got a, built my own Herms system. So basically, oh, cool. I'm pumping my mash through a, a coil that's in the, essentially a hot liquor tank that's controlled the temperature. So I can play around with step mashing and that sort of thing. So playing with the fermentability. Um, so for this particular beer, I did uh, rest at 140 for 10 minutes, 145 for 30, 160 for 20, and then uh, 162 for 10. And so that made a very, very fermentable wort. Um, so I actually got 90% attenuation. It went from 55 OG to one point final gravity. It is so dry. Wow. Yeah, it's really dry. Um, so, and then did you leave the temperature constant at the low, low to mid sixties or did you let it rise up a little bit? 70. So pitched at 65. And then once it was going, I let it naturally go up to 70 and then capped okay. it at 70. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get a lot, great. a lot of freeness from that. Most of that's going to come probably earlier in the fermentation. So if you did start a degree or two higher, you might get a little more freeness in there. Orangey lemony quality with those phenolics, which are at a nice level where they are. I, I wouldn't change it too much, but that is something you could do. And maybe just, yeah, something to give it a, just a little more color. But I don't know that you'd want to introduce any more malt flavors necessarily. Like the wheat's working nice for you. That just the head and the lacing, amazing. I, so I wrote up the, on the top of my sheet, I wrote, damn, somebody homebrewed this beer. I was like, yeah. So, I like how uh, Cooper writes notes to himself. I do. Uh, 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 uh. Well, it's uh, just stuff glyco, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, glyco, glyco protein rest, 162. That's where it's at. I've been doing that on every single beer I've made ever since I've had that, and it just does amazing things for head retention. Mm. Cool. Interesting. It's yep. not just the wheat then. Yeah. Not just the wheat. Get those lots of medium chain proteins going and just, uh, yeah, yeah. Good way. Yeah. I mean, you're paying a lot of attention to the way you're, you're the structure of your beer. And that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Yep. So then the, the constant recirculation of the mash too. So I mean, I'm getting completely clear wort out of the mash tun, uh, by the time I sparks. So just completely crystal clear out of there. So whether or not having, not having those fine particles in the beer, uh, a lot of people poo poo step mashing, but I, just from my experience, I think it does make a difference. Yeah, I think it is one of those uh, opinion things. You know, there's uh, there's professional brewers who do both, yeah. and it just, yeah, it just it depends on what you want out of the beer, right? It, you know, if it works I think for you, it can't hurt. Yeah. At, yeah, at at worst, it can't hurt. I was always a step masher when I could, and just tried to circulate up, start off low, move up high, and break yeah. up as many of those molecules as I could. Yeah, not me. Single single step, baby. And uh, how about your water? Just um, yeah, filtered uh, or D- uh, RO? So, Greenville water where I live is, is very, very, very soft. It's almost RO coming out of the tap. Um, but I, I build, so my uh, final composition was 37 calcium, 27 sodium, uh, 32 sulfate, 77 chloride. Uh, mash pH was 5.4. Yeah, wonderfully done. Really nice beer. Just so soft Thank and you. easy to drink, like... You can hand this to anyone. I was like, oh, I don't like Belgian beers. Well, try this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're going to like it. Yeah, they like it more at 4.5%, though. <laughs> Just saying. 
Uh, Colin, do you have any uh, any questions for the guys? No, I mean I'm I'm glad I got the feedback of what I agreed with as well as being the, the little bit too thin, a little too bitter. I think I'll play with the uh, mashing schedule and try and get it a little bit less formidable, leave a little residual uh, in there. I think that'll help with with both of those. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, uh, if there's nothing else, I guess we'll let you go. I appreciate the time, guys. Cool. Thanks. All right, Colin. Thanks, Thank man. You. Thanks, Cheers. Colin. Appreciate it. All right, we're going to take a quick break, everybody. We're going to come right back with more beer here on Dr. Homebrew. Don't go anywhere. Now, back to the examination. All right, thanks for sticking around, everybody. We are here with another beer and another brewer. Bob, welcome to Dr. Homebrew. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, appreciate you uh, sending some beers. You sent in, you you overachieved. You sent a bomber in. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. What are we drinking here? It is a Rainbow Sherbet Cider. A Rainbow Sherbet Cider. Okay, that sounds, hey man, sounds pretty good, dude. I like the uh, the label. I like your your logo and everything. Looks That's good. It's very yeah. professional. Are you? Do you just like packaging? Or are you trying to maybe go for a go for your own brewery one day? I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe down the road at some point. But for now, I'm just kind of you know trying to package them nicely for gifts and stuff. Just having fun. That is part of the the fun of home brewing. Is is the other side of you know you brew it, you make it, you package it, but it's you know sort of like wrapping a Christmas present. Yeah, you know, I put the bow on or whatever. I really enjoyed that early on too. It's like you have your own brand, you can market it or name it however you want to. There's no yeah. board of directors. You just get creative and have fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's about having a good time. Is this something you've done before? Um, that's that's the first time that I made the cider. Okay. And obviously at the end when we do recipe and stuff, I'll I'll talk about, you know, kind of where I see that one going if I do it again. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, Brian Shar, oh. why don't you go ahead and uh, start us off? I can do that. So, uh, Bob, I have to ask, as I ask everyone, are you a member of a homebrew or home cider club? I am not. How'd you get into making cider? How long have you been doing that? So in 2018, I so I live in Mass, and there's a lot of apple orchards around me. So really? in, Yeah, oh yeah. And in 2018, I, uh, I brewed a cider with some of the uh some of the apple cider from one of the orchards and then i didn't do anything for a couple of years and then once COVID hit i i went full force back into it <laughs> yeah that's really cool shark come up a little bit please oh that's really cool i was a little bit off the mic oh, okay. a little bit better there jp yeah okay good so uh i don't know a lot about cider and then compounding that is the fact that i don't know a lot about your cider and don't tell us what we'll, we'll hear at the end when you go through your recipe and mm-hmm how you made this. So I just, you know, Cooper and I were talking before the show and I'm like, well, I will just kind of judge it for what it is. And I judged it as a, as a category C2 subcategory F specialty cider slash Perry, because you, as a rainbow sherbet cider, (laughs) I don't know if you added rainbow sherbet or maybe added fruits that would be in a rainbow uh, sherbet. So I wasn't entirely sure. Uh, So I just judged what was in front of me the best I could. 
I just again, under the you know under the new uh, Rainbow Ralphing Cat category that was just issued in the BGCP, uh, uh. It's inspired by the uh, Exploding Kittens card. Um, mm. They just invented it. It's it's a great category. Yeah, I think that's that's a Deadpool thing. This could be the the Deadpool uh, style for the Rainbow Barfing. Anyway, uh, appearance. Uh, I had a little bit of a, had a slight haze. Maybe see it in in mine. Uh, not enough to take. Both points out for clarity, I don't think, but I, I took a point off for the slight haze. Uh, carbonation seemed to me, it was present, but it didn't seem to be highly carbonated, so I characterized it myself more of a petillant. Uh, petillant? No, I think it's petillant, right, Cooper? I always just say petillant. Petulant. 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 Petulant's probably good. Petillant. Uh, the carbonation is at a petillant level. Uh, color is dark gold. It's a little darker than usually I would expect for a cider. Uh, so I also knocked a point off there for a total of four out of six. Uh, the uh, bouquet, we were talking about this in the last segment. This, is the, this beverage is a bouquet. Mm. It doesn't yes. smell like anything. It's got a bouquet. Use your radio uh, voice now. Yeah, This is time for the bouquet. Mm. Low apple aroma is present along with another element. Uh, that I think might be the, the intended to be the, uh, the sherbet. So I kind of get two components of the, the aroma. I, I get something apple-y and something kind of fruity and not apple-y. Uh, no off aromas. Uh, gave it 6 out of 10. Uh, flavor, the uh, initial impression for me is kind of a light sweetness. Uh, and another flavor note, which I assume to be you know, the sherbet or what's supposed to be the sherbet uh, component. Uh, I, it, it wasn't declared. I sort of characterized this as a semi-dry cider. Uh and maybe I talk about this a little bit in the overall impression. I'm wondering if whatever flavor is intended to correspond to the rainbow sherbet actually provided some sweetness that may or may not have been intended. Hmm. Uh, it's yeah, it, it's semi-dry, low acid. Uh, I think it's got a nice finish, uh, but that that sherbet flavor, not the apple, dominates the aftertaste. And to me, it kind of lacks complexity. So I gave that 13 out of 24. Uh, overall impression, uh, six for a total of 29, which is still at the very top end of good. It, it's, it's a good beverage. Uh, I think the sherbet flavor is a good idea. And I think it it blends, on the one hand, is why it's sort of hard to describe this. I think on the one hand, it blends well with the base cider. On the other hand, it kind of sticks out from the base cider uh, and adds some sweetness that you may not want to have actually be there. Uh, and I'm thinking maybe whatever flavor component is corresponding to the rainbow sherbet, maybe back off of that a little bit next time, maybe like just a 15%, nothing calamitous, but just maybe I think you might be in a territory of like a fine adjustment here, uh, or perhaps rethink whatever the exact composition or different components, if there are different components uh, of that flavor uh, characteristic uh, is but overall i mean i i enjoyed it and i have a glass of it here and i plan to drink this while uh cooper is giving uh, giving his review very good all right cooper okay yeah uh we are using the cider score sheet here and that is uh it does always ask for carbonation and sweetness uh and that's required information uh for for entering a cider in a competition um, when we received the cider from Bob, he did kind of preface it with, 
not quite sure how to categorize this. This is what it's called. I just kind of took it at face value. Okay, rainbow sherbet cider. I'm not going to worry about carbonation level or sweetness. We can figure that out. Yeah. And see how the balance works. So in a competition, points would be deducted for not declaring that or for being off what you did declare. But that's a whole other story. So for now, we're just having fun with it and judging it for what it is. Um, Appearance-wise, it's kind of an orangey, light amber uh, with a slight haze. It does appear still. I'm not seeing any bubbles rising, nothing forming on the surface when you pour it. Um, not even pet- petalant to me. It's it's pretty much still. Uh, bouquet aroma. The uh, so the nose, I get I get a tart apple-like uh, sharpness up front, getting an orangey fruitiness in the in the forefront as well. Uh, there's something reminiscent of a light, um, a lighter kind of blue raspberry beneath that as well. Um, it's clean with no big off aromas getting in the way. Uh, has hints of kind of a cotton candy-like impression quality to it. I'm getting like a little bit of a lime, lime-like quality, just slight. And I like lime, <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of welcome. Uh, but you know, it's. A lot of aromas there so i'm wondering what's this going to taste like and then you just take the first sip and it's like oh i just instantly go to like taste the rainbow and you just like mix every skittles flavor that you have not the not the damn green apple kind of skittles but the lime that they returned to and the, the real skittles which now in california they're trying to make they're someone suing the Mars company, because it's with the titanium dioxide coloring, it's unfit for human consumption, apparently. And um, I just bought a pack of Skittles, and I'm going to eat those later on, I think. But yeah, titanium par- dioxide is harmless. Don't even worry about it. Right. Yeah. It might pair well with this uh, cider. Uh, so it does have a pretty bright, but not sharp acidity to it that, that to me balances the fairly broad, really broad, fruity fruit punch like quality that the, the cider has again i'm getting lime and orange citrus some berry esters kind of a candied grape uh candied the, grape okay no yeah all right or grape i'm not Skittle. sure if you, i've heard of that before candy well just candy grape flavor not like grape grape, grape flavor oh, I see. grape Skittle, I, I like like uh i would Ever- say uh the 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 lime skittles Every, yeah, and yeah, everything okay. about All this, right. it tastes it tastes like a candy, not like a, a fresh fruit. And I like candy. Candy is good. <laughs> Except my the chocolate that I gave you, you you left here. Except that I did, I did, I had just eaten, and I had I did take some bites mm-hmm. as, a, as a courtesy to you of well, the yeah, chocolate. Exactly. You proceeded to tell me it was not very good. Yeah, and no. I didn't have to eat it all. Liar. And I ate a little bit of it. I, I enjoyed it. All right. I, I, I never going to hear off, the end of this chocolate thing. No, the, no. I broke off the pieces so you could save the rest of the chocolate. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't want your no, greasy I palms do, all over my chocolate. I do appreciate what you personal chocolate. Me. Anyway, continue with Bob's uh, cider, please. <laughs> Leave oh, my chocolate talk out. More of about this. the chocolate now. Um, <laughs> yeah, Bob, I would what do use you a think? Who is salt? Yeah, am I the asshole? Let's go. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, the, the cider is moderately sweet and has a medium light body, a medium low alcohol, um, fruit 
it's just a fruit bomb, uh, you know, candy fruit bomb, just candy like in the aftertaste that, that lingers like crazy. It's like a bit like um, a bit powdery, kind of like a pixie sticks like compression too, to me has that sugary, awesome, cool flavor to me. But when I say not creamy, I'll get into that. It's, you know, I'm expecting sherbet, which is not like ice cream, but it does have a dairy component to it that makes it taste like sherbet. It's not a sorbet. It's, you know, um, it's a blend and that, and, and a little sometimes gnarly, like a little uh, uh, buttermilk like tartness to it that gives it that sherbet like quality. And that to me is kind of the part that's missing a little bit. So it's just overall, this is a clean and very fruity kind of kitchen sink of fruit characters with some of them winning over the others, you know, the lime, uh, the orange, I guess, but it's not screaming sherbet. It, it lacks any of the light kind of dairy, dairy, like cultured tang of an actual sherbet product to me. Um, and I kind of like that cause I don't really care for sherbet all that much, but I'd rather have ice cream or maybe a sorbet or just, you know, go one way or the other. But, uh, you know, it, it is fairly acidic, though, and the cider is actually really enjoyable. Uh, it's a very easy beverage to drink. It is it is maybe more fruit sorbet-like, but like candy, <laughs> candy sorbet, you know, not like fresh fruit. Um, I would say, too, that, yeah, my only real complaint maybe is that the apple quality gets a bit buried. And... Uh, I would also suggest declaring the carbonation and sweetness levels if you're entering it. Um, and if you wanted to make it a little more sherbet-like, maybe you could do something creative, add a little lactose or something, or or you know, get it, give it kind of a creamy, sweet quality that's that's going to stay in there. But mm. maybe be careful with that because Brian was also saying the opposite of what I just said: pull back the sweetness. I think if you do that. There's a lot of acidity here too, so you'd have to pull the acidity back as well if you were going to do that. So I don't know where you want to drive it. It's and I'm I'm interested to hear your ideas for it. You know, I liked it for what it is and just kind of forgiving the lack of declaring carbonation and sweetness. I was going to the middle high 30s, like a 37 on this, honestly, because it's just really enjoyable and fun to drink, and I like it. But it's not. It's just missing. It's not quite into excellent because it's just like missing that. It's declared as sherbet, you know, flavor, and to me, that's just a little missing. But I really enjoy it, and I don't, you know, that's where I'll land on that. So okay, yeah. and you know, Cooper, I'm gonna before uh, I just want to chime in here for two seconds. I think you're you're talking about how it's more of a candy flavor. It's like the penny dropped for me, as I I was kind of thinking about fresh fruit or like like a rainbow sherbet, like you would eat like a dessert, and I wasn't thinking about the candy. And that candy character, when you said that, I'm like, yeah, that's that's what I'm getting. Yeah, uh, so that's just, all I wanted to. I yeah. wanted to think. I, I agree with what you said. You could subtly rename it, as, even as like Skittle cider or something, something that's really fruity, sweet, and acidic, and it's great. It tastes good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, all right, Bob. Let's uh, go through your recipe. How'd you make this? Sure. Yeah, I did uh, four and a half gallons of apple cider. Um, I let that ferment with SO4, and then after a few weeks, I added in three pounds of raspberries and then 12 ounces of lime juice. Mm. Um, I didn't use – so like a rainbow sherbet traditionally would be like the raspberry, the lime, and then orange. Um, 
I have tried to ferment oranges before and it comes out horribly. So <laughs> Yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe that. <laughs> so I just used orange flavoring. I used like an extract flavor for the uh for the orange. Okay. Um so yeah, I was shooting for a raspberry, I was shooting for lime and I was shooting for orange. <laughs> and I think I don't really know where I was even going when I went with this, but I I, I'm thinking like the orange sherbet kind of dessert, that sort of ice creamy, uh, you know, sweet, and those three fruits sort of kind of popping out when you're drinking this. I did back sweeten it with stevia. Um, oh. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that's yeah, a good I, idea. I think it's 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 natural. Uh, it's probably not going to get fermented by anything, and it tastes sweet without tasting artificial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Orange extract. I mean, I could, yeah, I can taste it. I think, or you know, since you said it, there's sort of like a darker, you know, flavor there. I wonder if you used like a like a bitter orange peel, mm-hmm. you know, like a like for a wit beer, but uh, you know, but add those in there. Mm-hmm. Maybe soak. too, where some of the candy lake impression is coming through. Yeah, you know, it's an artificial flavor, kind of, or an extract at least. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not going to be the most natural tasting. I do like element. I do like the concept. I think it's fun and I think it's pretty unique. You know, I've seen a lot of ciders lately on the on the shelves, which is great. I love it. Uh, cider rules, but I've never seen a, a take on it like this. And I think Cooper's probably right. There is sort of like a mouth feel creaminess that is missing. If you want it to be like a sherbet, mm-hmm. um, otherwise it's a. I mean, it's almost like a. It's almost like a tiki drink. You know, because there's like some darker flavors. Maybe it's oxidation. I don't know. But like there's some almost sherry like, but maybe that's the uh, the orange flavoring. Um, But there's a few tiki drinks that are like, you know, dark rum, maybe little bitters. And then like, you know, it's a punch. So you get a little fruit in there, like a Pim's punch. There's there's like some Pim's, you know, flavoring in there that is sort of reminiscent for me. Um, But yeah, it's almost like a tiki drink inspired um cider i do like it it's very fun it's very um it's very easy to drink for sure i would i would personally like to see a little bit of carbonation in it too but i'm pretty sure the guys talked about that too yeah yeah i was just gonna say i wonder what it would be like with a little carbonation in it because i think that would make make it pop and it might be a little yeah a lot to take at that point but it's um it's fun and just candy like and that would be like kind of soda pop like at that point so i think it's cool man i think uh i think if you figure out the orange sort the orange part out Mm -hmm. um because i think the 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 raspberry you don't get a whole lot but i think it offsets the lime so i wouldn't say remove it you know and you you, maybe you get a little bit of raspberry there and in you know behind the lime um but if you figure out the orange part i think you could have a lot of fun with this yeah with this cider Work on making some uh, tinctures with uh, sweet orange peel. I don't know if bitter orange peel is going to do you a lot of favors here because it's going to take away from that candy-like impression, Yeah, which I would like to keep. But, uh, yeah, do a tincture, uh, you know, soak some fresh orange peel zest in, 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 in some vodka and let it sit for, you know, uh, eight hours or something and then blend it into one of your ciders and see if it gives you that orange that you want or yeah. how much you have to go. I with, mean, but. you can, you can do this again and then split the batches in a one gallon carboys and then just add 
you know, different kinds of different orange sources or whatever, try to get away from that, the artificial stuff. And I think, uh, I think it would really give that, that fruit a nice boost underneath. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you, if you made this exact thing and carbonated it and, and put it in a can that was really zanely marketed, it would probably <laughs> sell. Like, Hell yeah. Like just one of those crazy cans you'd see in the, in the thing. It's like, yeah. Is that just really good marketing? Because that can looks so cool. And mm-hmm. then you, if you bought it and it tasted like this, you'd be like, okay, yeah, it is cra- It is a crazy cider. Absolutely. Although, I, you know, of course I'm going to say it's 6.8. I would love to see this at five, at, at five and a half or six. That's me mm-hmm. personally. I'm never, I'm always going to say that. I'm never going to not say it. Um, you know, obviously you, you do what you want. Mm-hmm. But I like it. Yeah, I'll- I think yeah, it's the good. Alcohol isn't isn't hurting it here. No, it's not hurting it at all. It just uh, a, a lot of when I say the alcohol is too high or whatever, eighty percent of it's just mental <laughs> for me. Right. It's just like, oh, this tastes good, and you see the the ABV, and you're like, oh shit, it's six eight. Okay, so that means I have okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like going through these weird mental gymnastics to try to figure out how much I can have instead of actually enjoying my life. That's my problem. Yeah. What just are you going to drink do? a half and share it with somebody else or, you know. Yeah, and then yeah. not worry about it, but then I wouldn't be me. <laughs> you know what All I right. mean? Yeah. Uh, anyway, Bob, do you have any questions for these guys? Yeah, I guess the question is like, so I did make this kind of just for fun. Um, I I don't even know what I would do with this if I were to enter it into something because it's so weird. Um, I think the feedback that I got was pretty good in terms of, sort of things to to tweak but would you would you recommend uh i guess in terms of when i'm declaring things uh how how do you think this would do best if i were to put this into a competition i judge it as a c2f specialty cider it's just it's so unique that there's nothing else like this and that's the category for things along those lines um if you're going to enter it as a cider, you should have some apple flavor. So you might want to find a way to bring that up a little bit to balance with the, mm. the fruit flavors. And um, maybe take the yeah. lime down a little bit. The lime is pretty big in the forefront. I'm getting lime mm. first. Then, uh, then, the, well, yeah, I guess then probably that orangey odd orangey quality and the, the raspberry underneath, mm-hmm. but I got all of it. I did get all of it. It's all there. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, it's I agree pretty good. That I might I might back off on the lime lime sum. Mm-hmm. I love lime though. So yeah, it, it is like, like I, I JP too, said, it's kind of like a tiki drink. Out the most. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 But that's the thing, right? It's you know you you can make things for yourself that necessarily won't fit into competition, and then vice versa. Or just call it mar- margarita mead and be done with it. You know, margarita mead. <laughs> I mean, margarita cider. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, you want to give this man a thirteen? Add some honey. Yeah. <laughs> the internet's a mead, man. Uh, Make it a pie mint. Yeah. <laughs> Make it good. a sizer. Make it a, yeah. No, I, don't I mean, know. you could, you know, if you really want to stretch the dollar there. Uh, all right. Anything else? Or is it Bob? Uh, uh, actually, the thing that I would hop in just for a second, yeah. mm-hmm. talking about entering competitions, I, I think you've got to be careful about when you're naming something about, uh, how you're I like your idea of calling it a rainbow sherbet cider because you're trying to evoke you know the different stuff that's in rainbow sherbet 
but it can set up expectations in the judges, like <clears throat> Cooper in particular was talking about with you know, dairy and mouthfeel and whatever. It can set up expectations that are difficult to meet. Uh, and I think that if you if we had received this and had been like, oh, this is cider with lime and raspberry, uh, it would have adjusted our expectations differently. Uh, so I think you just got to be careful when you're naming things. Uh, it, whimsy and marketing are fantastic. And I love the whimsy of rainbow sherbet cider a lot. Uh, but I mean, you can call it that, but then you also need to declare this is what's in it. It's lime juice and raspberries and, and so forth. Uh, so just keep that in mind when you're entering competitions. That's all. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If you did enter it, you'd probably want to say under special ingredients, what was in there. Cause there's a whole like two lines on the score sheet that that we can write that in like, oh, they declared lime, they declared this, they declared that. And make sure that those things do come through, at least to you and your yeah. your friends that taste it and us, you know. So, yeah. But really, really fun cider. I just I had fun tasting it. I like the bottle. You know, I, I like the energy of just let's try this and see what happens. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, so homebrew is all about part of the fun of homebrewing and making yeah. your own ciders and surviving pandemics and all that stuff. You there know? you go. So far. All right, Bob, if that's it, we'll let you go. That's it. Thank All you right. guys very much. Thanks, man. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Bob. And uh, you we're going to take a fast Thank break, you, and we're going to come right back and uh, wrap things up here on Dr. Homebrew. Stay tuned. All right, thanks for sticking around, everybody. We're just here to wrap things up real fast. Thanks to Bob and to Colin for sending in their beers, the uh, Rainbow Sherbet Cider and the creation. Belgian yeah. Blonde. Yeah, man, it was it was weird. And you know what's funny? Like, we talked about that dark sherry kind of flavor, or at least I did. And it, I couldn't place it, and I sort of just ignored it until he said, oh, yeah, and then I used orange, you know, flavoring or whatever. And I was like, ah. Oh. And it's really weird, and it, it sort of highlights why we don't like to talk about flavors that we're tasting while we judge them, you know, at a judging table. Yes. Cause yeah. you can, you can just convince yourself that you're tasting a certain thing and maybe I, you're yeah. not, maybe you are, I don't know, but it all think it also inhibits you from finding your own vocabulary too. I, I do really it's agree weird. with what he said though. Bob's like it, just fermenting oranges, all bad. Don't even really try it because mm. it's just not meant to happen. Like you can have your water and there's nothing good that's going to come of it. Yeah, have you ever had a mm. fermented orange beverage that was any? I, I don't know that I've ever had one. A, but it's yeah, like, I've never had one. I wouldn't reason. know. I would have reason. no idea. There's but a there's ways around artificial things too. So anyone listening to this, now, now what is uh, try not somebody to wanted, wanted to send in an artificial orange beverage or a fermented orange beverage into our show? What would they do? They would email Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. And Brian Cooper will get you on the schedule. We'll get you on the waiting list. Uh, we're going to need two forms of identification and your social. <laughs> and then we'll, you know, maybe we'll let you in the secret society, the Dr. Homebrew yeah. secret society that mm-hmm. basically lets anybody in. We have open, we're an open border policy here. And please we also not- need your social security number, your bank account pin, your debit card, just a few little things like that. Too, yeah, it's yeah. standard stuff. Don't let it fool you. Yeah. And do not spam us with like patent support from India emails, yeah. um, that kind of thing. We have Please enough don't. of that from Shar. It's fine. We I, I get like five of those. I get multiples of those a day. And clearly, somebody found thought that 
oh, this brewing network, I'll just, I'll make up. It's got to be Brian at the brewing network.com. So now poor Cooper is getting the same horrible. I mean, it, the Indian spam is relentless. And <laughs> yeah. I suspect that you will start getting a lot of it now. And I'm very sorry. I got two of them in the last week. I'm actually going to write back to them and demand that they send me homebrew. They need to start homebrewing. Uh, uh, please do. We're not about whatever you, you're doing, buddy. Dude, I've been having this weird problem with my podcast, with my ears up email, um, where I'm getting emails from myself. Spam emails, weird. 10, 15 a day. I don't know how to stop it. I've changed my well, password. Spoofed, I don't know how to yeah, stop it. Yeah, they've spoofed your, the, the from. Yeah. And, yeah. of course, you're always going to be a safe sender. Right. So, what yeah, do I, you know, I don't know what to do. I can't do anything about it, I guess. Yeah. Weird. Anyway. Put yourself in spam. Stop spamming <laughs> right. yourself, bro. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's hard when you're in the studio all day. What are you going to do? Um, all right. We're going to get out of here, everybody. But thank you very much for listening to the show. Again, if you want to send in homebrews or anything fermented, whatever you want to do, uh, email Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com and we will get you on boarded with the whole process. Thank you, of course, to also Five Star Chemicals. You go to fivestarchemicals.com. Learn about all the great products they have over there and then sign up for their homebrew club information as well. You won't regret it. I promise. I went and said hi to them at homebrew con and oh, nice. uh, yeah, chatted with them. They had a few reps there and uh, we, our club joined their homebrew club program, which is awesome too. Cool. And they have a lot of support there for clubs. So we love yeah. what they're doing. Yes. And it was great. Great to see them. In person again, live and in person with germs <laughs> floating everywhere, JP. Yeah, I know. That uh, sounds great. That sounds really cool, man. I'll be, I love hearing about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you later.